G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you may have heard discussion before that the biggest threat in the 21st century is not climate change, but culture change. Well, it appears that the church, as part of the wider culture in Australia, is experiencing its very own climate change. And more specifically, change is happening rapidly in the media and in our social climate. So let's get some insights into the changing social climate in Australia. Lyle Mercer is a public relations expert. He specialises in media engagement and issues management. Lyle Mercer, welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Great to be here. Lyle, always love your insights when it comes to the way we relate in the environment that we're in. And we talk about an environment, we talk about the climate in which people receive an understanding about the church, about God. You've been talking of recent times about a climate change, and we are seeing a climate change or a culture change, and the church is very much at the centre of the effects of that. Let's try to talk about the media climate, and there's definitely been a, a large change in the media climate and the culture. Um, it was, wasn't that long ago that social media didn't even exist. Um, everyone can remember that when they didn't have the uh, the i you know the iPhones and, and uh, uh, smartphones, they only been around for a, a decade or so. And so, with that, of course, comes this 24-hour digital and social media environment in which we're in. And that's changed everything. It's changed the conversation. It changes uh, people's availability to have their views uh, put forward, uh, and it also changes the way the media works. Because in the in, you know back in the day, it wasn't that far long ago, the media would would everyone would be glued to the six o'clock news. Well, very few people are, comparatively are, are watching that these days because there's an endless supply of information twenty four seven, and uh, so because of that, the culture has, has is changing more rapidly because of the dissemination of information. And then of course there's last year's vote on same-sex marriage and clear that activists are likely to be pushing the envelope as far as they can and especially after the review of freedoms that's going on at the moment. What are your thoughts on the way that the same-sex marriage vote has changed the way the church appears in society and perhaps will even encourage activists to take action against the church? We've been seeing, as you know, that happening for a long time and I think the the same-sex marriage vote has changed dramatically uh, the way that uh, every, every, the church is is reacting or the, the way the church is dealing with these issues um, it's it's changed i mean uh, social and digital media has changed the whole conversation around it it wasn't that long ago that the majority of australians were against same-sex marriage and of course now because of the availability of these new media platforms uh, people have been influenced now the church of course must be aware of that and we've i guess all we have to do is look at america and we've looked at uh, things that have been happening there for a number of years and those same things now are happening here 
So before the same-sex marriage uh, vote or before the results were known, the, uh, those who were on the yes campaign were very adamant that uh, all we were talking about was, was marriage. And if you remember back to a lot of those media reports, the no campaign was talking about a lot of other things, weren't they? They weren't just talking about marriage. They were talking about the ramifications of the legislation. And it was made very clear by the yes campaign that don't, you, know, you shouldn't be talking about those things because those things don't matter. All we're talking about is marriage. You're trying to change the, the debate. You're trying to make it bigger than what it is. Well, now the, the vote's been given, and what are they doing? Of course, trying to make it more. And so now we're seeing people talk about discrimination, uh, who churches and, and organiza- Christian organisations can employ. I'm sure we'll see it go to property, uh, buildings. Can they be used for different purposes? Who's got the right to, uh, to say they can't? Uh, we've seen it in America. We've seen lots of legal issues going on over there with people who have said, look, my artistic expression means that I, I can't in good faith and good conscience do something for a same-sex you know, wedding. And you'll see the same here. And it's, it's obvious it's going to happen. The churches need to be aware of it. We need to be open to that and, and understand we've got to be ready because it, it is happening more and more. Okay, so we've had the same-sex marriage vote late last year. Activists now empowered. Christians become the target. Lyle, is this in the realm of what we'd call a crisis, though? Well, a crisis is anything that that has can dramatically have an impact on you. So, of course, it is. I mean, to a church and organisation, they might not be enduring a crisis themselves, but it could happen to them at any time. So, they've got to be prepared for that. They've got to be prepared for the fact that someone's going to say to you, because of your views then you're wrong. I mean, it's, it's to the point now, unfortunately, where those who preach tolerance for other views, unfortunately, are now saying, but you can't, you can't hold views of faith in Christian, the Christian faith predominantly. And it's a, it's a rather strange, isn't it, um, perspective. If someone who is campaigned about uh, you know, tolerance and love for all but yet if you hold Christian views, then you're somehow bigoted or you're wrong. I mean, you've got to remember these views are, have been stretched back for generations. I mean, these views are based on what people believe the Bible says. Uh, and you're asking now, activists are asking Christians and churches to, to hold different views to what they've built their whole lives on and what they believe in. And so you wouldn't do that with anything else, but for some reason you can do it with with Christianity if it cuts across the views of what is the new social norm. So what was big, what was discriminatory years ago is different now. The social norms have changed, haven't they? And we, the church has to be aware of that. So we've got to be extra careful of what we say. Uh, we've got to be extra careful of what we do. And we've also got to be prepared to, when needed, stand up and say, no, I'm allowed to have these views. We're allowed to do this. And I think that's what's happening now with the, um, the, uh, the Ruddock Review, uh, you know, with, with churches who are going to, and putting in submissions. But who knows where that's all going to end up. There's going to be a lot of pressure for uh, that review to come down on the sides of activists. Uh, Lyle Mercer, you're a PR expert. And at this time, what is your advice 
to people in churches and perhaps we're talking to leaders here or people who might be on councils or elderships, people who are in control in some sense of the way churches function. There perhaps needs to be conversations at this time, uh, the idea of identifying the sorts of risks that your church might be under. What sort of things ought to come out in a conversation amongst church leaders at this time? Look, it's a, it's a big uh, it's a big conversation, isn't it? There's, there's so many facets to it, but uh, overall, the church has to be aware that at some point they will be targeted. They'll be targeted whether you're a small church or a large church. Uh, you'll be targeted in some way or another. So, firstly, churches have to be aware of, of what their views are, and they have to be willing to articulate those views, but do it in a way that obviously is respectful and obviously is is a way that uh, uh, shows love and compassion, but still, you know, they're willing to stand up for what they believe in. They've also got to have a plan in place to know that if this happens, if they are targeted, how are they going to react? Uh, If they're targeted on social media, do they have a social media presence? What are they going to say? Um, So, you know, statements around important views, I think, are very important. For instance, churches should have views written down and and ready to go on anything that could be deemed a hot button issue or controversial um they have to look at what they you know what their policies are around venues and buildings and staffing and uh, particularly if they're running charities not just churches by the way christian organizations and charities because they uh, i think probably have less protection than churches in some of these ways um but there's a whole other bunch of, uh, of issues as well, of course. It's not just the activists. It's the they're seeing now with the whole uh, Me Too movement morph into the Church Too movement. So churches have to be aware of, of could they be targeted there? Could could there be someone on their staff that has um, has got a history that it may well come out? That's another whole different area completely. As we said, this is a big topic to talk about. But if we were making this in some ways practically simple for people in church life, and this is the local church, all the local churches around the whole nation, the idea of having some sort of a, as you would call it, a crisis communications strategy. This is the the file you can open quickly. It's the folder you can open. It's got your responses already there uh, when the media calls. Uh, Just getting something, just something basic, anything, I I imagine, is a start. That's right. And and you're always better to be prepared, obviously, Um, you know, I was, a, I was a cub and a scout years ago, and the motto was "Be prepared," and it's it's uh, it's very important. What you don't want is to make policies on the run, make statements on the run, and unfortunately, that's what happens. Churches over the years have not considered PR, which is public relations, important. Now, public relations simply means having a relationship with your publics, publics you could call them stakeholders. So, with any, let's let's take a church for example. They've got members, they've got uh, donors, you know, donors um, organisations have donors, they've got uh, staff, employees, some have got quite large staff, uh, they've got uh, people who come every now and then, they've got their local community who live around them, and they've got the wider community. So all of these different publics need to be communicated with at times of when issues arise, uh, particularly if there's a false allegation in the paper or in the, in the media, which, which gets uh, then... Uh, disseminated on social media, they've got to be ready to go. And so it's a case of understanding who you have to communicate with and then saying, okay, we have to be prepared to communicate if we need to. Unfortunately, over the years, churches, I think, have thought, well, 
PR is, is a corporate uh, is a corporate thing. It's it's not for us. And I've heard some people even say well, churches shouldn't even be looking at a PR strategy because we don't have to. We're Christians. We, uh, you know, we just have to be honest and, and stand up for biblical values, and that's all we need to do. But I think that's a little bit head in the sand attitude because these days the church does have to stand up for its own reputation. We do have to stand up for what we believe in, and so we don't want to be doing that off the cuff on the run and that's what invariably happens so that's why you see when things happen the pastor comes out and says something and and the, the rest of the world goes that doesn't make any sense well it's because they haven't thought about it and it's time for the church now to go you know what these things are real this could actually destroy our church if we if we aren't prepared and that's how serious it can be and i think i can hear you saying Prevention is better than cure here. Have some sort of strategy in place. Have those issues thought through and developed to the point where they can be articulated in order to, as you say, even preserve your church because churches could easily be completely destroyed. If I point people to your website, what sort of things will they find there, Lyle? Uh, MercerPR.com, is there some indication that uh, that churches ought to be prepared and uh, how they might do that? What have you got on your website? They probably won't find a lot on the website. We have another website called crisiscommunications.com.au and there's a few more resources um, there. But we're happy to send out any church any information if, if they'd like some. We can simply do something up and send it if they just email us through our website. Um, uh, we, and the reason we don't have a lot of information on the website is because you know we deal with a lot of, I guess, very confidential situations and so... We tend to um, you know, keep them very confidential. We're always dealing... We, we deal behind the scenes in a lot of high-profile situations that you read about in the media, and you don't realise someone's helping them behind the scenes, and that's where we get involved quite a bit. So, um, But if certainly, you know, in terms of helping the church uh, prepare, we're happy to just to help them and send them something, if uh, you know, no charge or anything like that, if, they, if they'd like to contact us. All right. Lyle Mercer, public relations expert. I'll give you those two websites, crisiscommunications.com.au and uh, the mercerpr.com website, of course, is uh, the website for Lyle Mercer. But crisiscommunications.com.au. Lyle, thanks so much for taking some time to give us that little bit of a wake-up call warning for what might be coming. Appreciate your insights on 2020. Yeah, thanks for having me, Neil. Appreciate it. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.